You're listening to the Marathon Church Podcast. We exist to build communities that love Jesus, love people, and live on purpose. To learn more about Marathon Church, visit MarathonChurch.org. We hope that this encourages you and builds your faith. Enjoy this week's message. Hello. Hey, good morning. How are you guys doing today? Hey, y'all. We're really uh, close to y'all, aren't we? Hey, y'all can wow. talk back to us. Be nice. I love Keep being on. down here so much. Like, we're going to get amongst it right here today and talk about some serious stuff. Right, Ed? Amongst it. We're amongst I, I haven't it. heard that one in a while. That's we're good. We're getting amongst it, yeah. Amongst I don't even know what that means. That's good, though. We're amongst the people. I like that, yes. You like we're going to have fun. I do. We're right down here. You can throw things wow. at us if you Ooh. don't like the answers, okay? They look different down money here Money would be there. nice. Throw yeah. money Brian, do I, am I talking over I'm you? I'm sorry. Am I doing something? I'm not. See, like with you, I just learned to tune you out. It's kind of like, did you say something? If you know okay. we're brothers, you don't know that. My mother to said to me to take care of him, and this is what has happened. So I'm not doing really well with that. If, if you don't know, lead pastor Eddie Cox. Okay. Oh, that's good, Craig. That's Executive good. pastor Brian Cox. Yeah, that's me. Family ministries pastor Jason yes. Callahan. Yes. I'm Craig Henson. I'm the Next Steps pastor. I was going to introduce you. But oh, well, yeah. I didn't know what you did, so that's what that is. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's what we call you. We call you other things when you're not around. Just, just, so, the record, just so the record is clear, okay. Brian and Eddie, I mean, first thing Monday morning, they started oh, yeah. with one another. It's just true. Yeah, we do. It's, but it's been a great week. It started out rough with us, but we, we've made up toward the end. Yeah. So. We actually get along pretty good. Most of the time. Yeah. Who's, who's water, by the way? Is that yours? I have no idea. I'm not t- oh, going okay. over there. There you go. You mm-hmm. go, Craig, won't you try it? Yeah. See. <laughs> let you, let yeah, you do that. See how that works yeah. out for you. All right, Craig, tell them what's happening. This is fun. So this is our panel. We're wrapping up our series, Unconvinced. And uh, it's been quite a ride. And we're going to try to answer some of your questions today. Um, but we try to answer some of the really you know, like serious questions that most people have in the series, and Brian, you started the series by talking about suffering and evil in the world. Yeah, that was a good question. Um, I have a quote here I think would help. Yeah, we, we talked about, you know, it's one of the number one questions that people ask is, if God exists, why is there evil and suffering in the world? And I have to tell you, it was, it was a tough question. It's always a tough question, especially uh, when you have tragedy. And we've seen that happen in our church recently, and it's been, sometimes you question what's happening and God, why? And so when I was developing this series and this message, I was thinking, God, help me understand evil. Help me understand good. And C.S. Lewis helped, helped us with a lot. You know, he said, you know, there's a moral law, you know, that we wouldn't have, uh, like, we, we wouldn't just be good. Good comes from somewhere, okay? And evil is here, but without evil, we wouldn't know good. So basically it's this. The existence of evil does not eliminate God, okay? Rather, it cries out for him. And C.S. Lewis said, how do I know what a straight line is if I don't know what a crooked line is? Yeah. How will we know what was good if it didn't come from somewhere? Now, I think some of us may say, well, I know what's good, you know. I was born, you were, not, you were not born good if you didn't know. You were born evil. You can see that in your child. I'm not saying your children are evil. Uh, oh, I'm not. Yeah, well, I, well, yeah, I don't know. Okay, I kept wait. your child this week. Uh, yeah, she's not. Yeah. She's, wait, she's pretty good. Yeah. She's pretty good. Okay. She, 
She's sweet from afar. She is sweet from she's asleep. But you know, you know, evil exists, and God came to bring good to the world. And it's still hard for me to to get that. It, it doesn't seem like it's enough. You know, sometimes because so, so much tragedy and so much pain, and it's like God help me with this. And I think for me, we talked about how certain tragedy God uses, it's going to happen because we live in a world that is evil. It's not, like you say, it's not a safe place. So God came to bring peace. He came to bring purpose. And that's the way I look at my pain. He, I, I can't relate to some people's pain. We heard a story this week of incredible pain. And it's hard to relate to that kind of pain. The only thing I can say is that God loves you. God is with you, and he brings purpose to that pain and peace. And I've experienced that peace myself. That's probably a long answer. I'm sorry. But, you know, for me, that, that evil actually um, gives evidence to God, gives evidence to good is what I would say. Well, yeah. most people don't find God without some kind of pain or crisis. That's there usually how we yeah. find him. So he uses the pain for the good. Yeah. So that's my answer for that. So, Eddie, you picked up where Brian left off, and you talked about heaven and hell. And he, while he addressed, hey, what's happening now, you tried to help us with what happens after this life. Yeah, I think that was uh, people want to know what, <laughs> what's going to be. And uh, we only know what we've been told. And the Apostle Paul, who wrote half the New Testament, he was the one who got to see it. But then he said, I can't express it because I don't have the words in your language or any language to express what was happening. And he talked about, he said, if I'm not here in my body, I am there with him. That is what he saw and experienced. Mm -hmm. So that's what we know. Mm -hmm. uh, you know, we, we've had 13 million people see the other side. Uh -huh. I mean, they talked about yeah. seeing the other side. So I would say there's another, another side to this thing we call life. There's going to be an eternity, and there's two places according to the Bible, heaven and hell. So and Paul is trying his best to get us to his place, which mm -hmm. we're in heaven. One of the things I love that you said, Eddie, is that that one minute after you leave this earth, your eternity is set. Yeah, there's no there's no re, there's no do-overs or mulligans if you're a golfer. Okay, yeah, mullies. You're just done. I mean, if you leave here without knowing Jesus Christ, there will not be any other way. There's nothing we can do. Nothing. That's why we're here, and that's like you said, Brian. This is very dangerous. We live in a place where disease happens, wrecks happen, things happen. So knowing that security, which we're going to live forever, this is nothing compared to what we're going to get. I think this is why we started Marathon, mm -hmm. is that we can tell people about Jesus Christ and what he can do because we believe there's another side to this. And accepting him now is the best choice, mm -hmm. not waiting, because you don't know. Yeah, I think we said, even when your doubts, this is kind of our bottom line, Jesus Christ is still your best solution. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He's still the best solution. And, you know, I think about it often that, you know, we are just a vapor. You talked about that before. James, yes. Yeah, that, you know, we don't have much time. And this is, I, I agree, this is why Marathon exists. This is why we're here this morning is to kind of shout out the warning that, that you need God today. No matter where you are, what you're dealing with, it watches it's very online. important. Yeah, I mean, it's, you need to make a decision to figure out because once you leave here, it's over. Mm -hmm. There won't be any more making it right. Yeah. So.
Then Chase, in message three, you really helped us with our, our daily walk with mm. Jesus when you addressed this idea of doubt. What do you, what do, you do when you're losing your faith? Uh, well, I gave a lot of statistics that day about how many people are, are leaving the faith and the young people are leaving the faith. Um, and what it came down to for me and what I wanted to get across was that I think when we look at Scripture, we find that God can handle your doubts, He can handle your questions, but He wants your trust. Yeah. And those, those three things, we, we see that when Jesus was in the garden. When, right before he went to be crucified, he, he said, Father, if there's any way to take this cup from me, please. And most of us stop there, and we, we finished our, we, that verse. But if we continue, it says, but. Isn't it always a weird thing when God throws a but in there? You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but if it's your will, not mine, let it be done. And so for us, we can use that and see that, that even Jesus goes, Dad, if there's any way to take this suffering from me, please let it be done. I, you know, I wasn't there, and I'm obviously not Jesus, right? But I would say that a lot of times it feels like that. If there's any way, God, I, what are you doing? He can handle your doubts. His own son did that. God, God, I'm not doubting you, but if there's any way to take this cup from me, please. And so it ultimately comes down to us going, okay, we need a spiritual awakening as a lifestyle, not a season. And so that's where I ended up, and I think that was my big takeaway from that week is if you're going to claim to follow Jesus, then you need to realize that this is a, a lifestyle that you're taking on, not a season. Because when you live your faith out as a season— it's, you're a ticking time bomb, just wait. I have friends that have left the faith that they're, it wasn't their parents. Their parents are pastors, and they are big believers. But this one person, he, in California, he walked away from the faith because it was a season for him. It was a, a fad, and it was, no, 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 no. The Bible clearly tells us it's a lifestyle to be lived, not a season. You know, and I tried to wrap it up last week by answering the question, is Jesus the only way to heaven? And that, that survey that I, I cited in the message just really hit me, you know, like right, right in the face that 60% of all people that between the ages of 18 and 39 that claim to be Jesus followers also believe that, that Muhammad and Buddha yeah. are also valid paths to God. Yeah. And, and I just, I just it, it kind of hit me right in the mouth and I just had to step back and go, what have we been doing? And, and as, as teachers of the scripture, we're like, man, what do, how, did, how did this happen? Where, how did we get here? Um, and there, there's so much involved in that. And so we just tried to unpack that a little bit. And um, you guys have probably, you know, gathered already from our talk today that, that there's one thing that keeps coming through, and that's Jesus. Right. Mm -hmm. uh, whenever we stand up here and, and talk with you guys, we're just trying to make much of Jesus. And um, that's what we're going to try to continue to do today. We're going we're gonna to move on and try to answer some more of the questions that you guys have sent in. And I will just say this, you know, if, if we don't answer your specific question, please, you know, don't take offense. Um, but what we tried to do is we tried to, like, package some together because there were some similar questions. And so we've uh, packaged some questions for you here, and we'll try to address them. And if you're watching online, we would encourage you to engage with your online host. And, uh, hey, maybe ask some more questions if you have them. Let's start with this one, guys. Question number one. Uh, can God and science coexist? Wow. We always throw that to you. Thank you. you. Know. Yeah. Yeah, we're going oh, to me? Yeah, yeah, we're going to let you do that it's like one. a dart. <laughs> there you go, guys. Um, yeah, so I'll, I'll tell you my idea of it. I, I'm a huge um, 
like stars guy, galaxy guy. I love planets. Um, I don't know if anybody got to see Venus the other night. Like uh, my guys, we were coming back from Florida. I saw it beside the moon. It was amazing. Venus pretty much has no purpose, but it looks cool. Anyway, um, like (laughs) I love space and I love science. And I think that um, I'm, I am totally down for having all these conversations about it. But I will always tell you, the, my end answer is going to be that Jesus is enough no matter what. And so we can go, is there aliens out there? Let's talk about it. Is there life on other planets? Let's talk about it. What does scripture say about it? But at the end of the day, and I think we all agree, Jesus is enough. So then there's this elephant in the room question when it comes to science and medicine and can those two coexist? And, you know, if I take four Advil a day, does that mean I'm still a Christian? You know, that kind of wow. thing. Like, um, four? I'm in big trouble. Listen, yeah, four. Four. Yeah. Well, I don't know if he can still be a Christian. I know, right? <laughs> you ought to, never mind. Here we go. Um, so here's my take on this. Uh, James, if you're taking notes or you guys want to know, this is, this is my thought when it comes to science and medicine and stuff is uh, James chapter 2. Verse 26 says, for as the body apart from the spirit is dead. Take that. So also faith apart from works is dead. Immediately we see in scripture that for as the body, these things that we, uh, all of you guys look very pretty, very handsome, okay? As your body and spirit, those are two separate things. And so for me, I look at this and goes, all right, without my spirit, this body is just a rust bucket waiting to go down. What I like to, I told these guys, I like to, the term, it's a rental. John Foreman told me that before. Like, these bodies are just rentals. So the question is, Eddie's taught me this, how are we moving the kingdom, right? That's our job here on earth. What are you doing to move the kingdom? Well, I got to preserve this, this rental, right? So I can move the kingdom. And so I'm going to do the best that I know how. Um, when it comes to scientists, if we believe in Jesus and we believe this word, then we believe that God created all of it. Uh, he created us as pastors to think things a different way. He's created scientists to have knowledge way beyond anything that I could ever understand. And I think scientists are really cool because it even helps uh, all of us see that there really is a God. There's no way that humankind can ever come up with something like this. But it would take a scientist to help you figure out how to do that. You don't, y'all don't want me like going to Mars and trying to help you explain it, okay? We need scientists to do that. So that's a very quick nutshell. But yes, yeah. I think they can coexist for sure. So I think, first of all, the problem is that some of us are driving it like it's a rental. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> that's a problem. Yeah. I'm not a scientist. Let me say this. So you'll hear people say, follow the science. You'll hear them say, well, the science says, science doesn't say anything. Scientists do. Mm. That means they bring bias. So every time a scientist speaks, he brings his bias with him. But let me just say this to you guys. So God has basically spoken to us in two ways. Okay, there's what we call general revelation. That's like the natural world. That's what we would call science. And then he's given a specific revelation. That's, that's his word, what we call the Bible, all right? or what, what we believe in Christianity. Listen, if, if general revelation and specific revelation 
are both true, then they cannot be in conflict or opposition. And I think that when you really study science and you really study the scripture, you will find that they are in no way opposed. Can I mess this whole thing up? <laughs> Please do. You want me, you want me to, let's do, the, let's do the faith and science. Yeah. You want to do this? Let's go. Let's do it. So here we go. Watch this. This is what's happening. This is what people are doing. <laughs> so we have a rental. We're trying to take care of our body, which means right. we need to run. We need to eat. We need to do all those things. We have something go wrong. We have a cold. We take cold medicine. We have a headache. We take headache medicine, yeah. that kind of thing. Yeah. So is that what I should be doing? Or should I say in the spiritual realm that I don't need to do all that? God's going to take care of me. And Maybe, he goes, yeah. Psh. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So do I, have, I don't have enough faith to God to you know, cure the cold. And then we get in trouble. Mm. This is what I'm saying. And this is what you're saying is that we should take care of the rental with what we can take care of the rental with. Yeah, and it always gets yeah. into this faith. And, I mean, there's a whole lot of things going on. Well, you didn't have enough faith or you wouldn't be sick. Right. Well, our body, that doesn't make any sense. We're born sick. Right. You see what I'm saying? That's me. So somebody help me. I'm just, no, I think, no, I'm right I think you're right. I, I would say this is that, I mean, my goodness, if, if you're up here asking us like, well, should we do this? That's up to you. I mean, you have to go before the Lord and go, is this something that I, is this going to help me move the kingdom? Is this going to preserve my rental? I don't know. You know what I mean? At the end of the day, regardless, we don't medicate our souls. We medicate our rentals. And so I think... I think you have to have your own personal relationship with Jesus enough to know, Lord, what do you have for me? And, you know, I, I just, I can't get caught up on, on the science of it that I miss out on the kingdom work. Does that make sense to anybody? Like, so that's a dangerous territory. Yeah. I'm tiptoeing. I know, but well, I just, a, a related ahead. question. And, and it was posed to us this way. It was interesting to me. Uh, somebody asked, how do we reconcile the theory of creation um, and evolution. And I read the question, I'm like, evolution's a theory, creation is not. When you talk about creation, you never say the theory of creation. You talk about biblical creation. But they asked the question that way. They asked about the theory of creation. Evolution is a theory. Okay? But, I, and again, I would encourage you, if, if this interests you, dig into it. Yeah. There's so many videos and stuff you can watch online, so many debates, Christians, atheists, er, like every point of view. Uh, I would just mention a guy named Frank Turek. His YouTube page is incredible. Uh, I know Brian and I have watched probably 100 videos of his yeah. like in the last few months, so it, it's incredible. But um, just just do the work, you know, if, if that interests you, and, and dig a little bit deeper, and I think you'll, you'll see that they coexist beautifully. Yeah. yeah. Uh, question number two. Do ghosts and spirits exist? Are they here? And do they possess things? This is the ghost story section. What right? was that? Hold up. Is that you? Is that Brian's doing that. Oh. Okay. I, try, right. I raised this. Did okay. you? It's thrown out there. We tried to get some creepy right. music behind this Chase, question. Chase, get ready. But, okay. You ready? All right. How many watch Ghost Story on TV? Ghost Stories or Ghost Story? Okay. Nope. One, two. Right. Can you come <laughs> forward? Like, oh, oh, well, no. no I'm, yeah. cute. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. I'm out. <laughs> so... I see dead people. Uh, yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Now, all right. Here we go. Watch Eddie this. Has, Eddie has Can imaginary I start this friends. One? All right. Here we go. I have a ghost story. You guys okay. want to hear a ghost story? All right. Once yes, upon a time. October, after all. Okay. Yeah, yeah, it dead. is October. No, uh, I'll, I'll answer this with a story. Um, my 
we, when I was a baby, we lived towards Table Rock in this little house um, out in the woods. That's how all the horror movies start. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so, Hiding the chainsaws, yeah, yeah. right? I like yeah. that. No, but for, for those that don't know, my dad, he was a pastor. He still speaks. I mean, I, I grew up in a godly home, and my dad is one of the godliest men that I know. But in this home, there were so many things that were happening that were just strange. And when I was a baby, I had a, you know, a toy chest, and my mom would open it up, and there'd be snakes in it. And be like, what? Come on. Then open it up again, there'd be snakes in it. And it wasn't like Pentecostal snakes. I mean, like, it was like, <laughs> you know, that kind of snake, you know? And so, yeah. <laughs> and so, like, the thing is with the snakes was it got so, like, uh, just eerie. So my dad started praying. We had our house prayed over, <laughs> at our house prayed over and everything. Well, one night my dad woke up from his sleep just with just dreams and these horrible things and woke my mom up and my dad's trying to figure it out. And he looks, we had this stove that was off the ground, you know, it had the metal pipe that came out and attached to the chimney and all that stuff. Right. So, and all of a sudden he's, he's there and he's, all of a sudden these hands just start coming out from, <laughs> I'm doing sound. I'm like being for real. This yeah, is I'm, not I'm making sorry, this up. He, his hands come out. Right. Well, my dad freaks out like anybody else would, but here's the difference between a godly man and a not like, a godly man says, Romans eight thirty seven, overwhelming victory is ours. So we're going to start proclaiming the name of Jesus. So he starts like, in the name of Jesus, because every demon must bow down at the name of Jesus. And so he starts just scripture and praying, and, and my mom's going, what are you doing? You know, like, and so, and, the, the, snakes, and the hands, the hands come back. Like, you know, the hands are starting to go back. And ultimately, obviously, we believe it was spiritual warfare. It was a real thing. Um, yes, we moved out of that house pretty quick. Um, but two other families moved into that house and the same things happened to them as well. So do I believe that there are spirits? Yeah. That were, were they ghosts or spirits of human beings that well, once it wasn't like Casper floating up in there. Oh. Like, <laughs> but here's what I do believe. Scripture tells us that there is a, um, like an angelic realm and also a demonic realm. And for me, like visuals, when Stranger Things, the show came out, like the upside down, that's what I visualize the upside down or like this demonic realm. Because there are, I, I said in my message, God has a will, Satan has a will, and we have a will. Like Satan does have demons yeah. that are there to seek uh, you out, destroy you, steal from you, your joy. And we have to be real careful. I have literally counseled with people that have went searching for ghosts, searching for those, and it has attached to them personally, brought it into their home, and has, was destroying them. And, you know, that we could have a huge discussion about that. But, yes, I believe there's a spiritual realm because the Bible talks about it, and it's a, it's a real deal. In, there's stories in Scripture where uh, they cast out demons from a person and threw them into pigs, and the pigs went over the cliff, like, you know, no more, right? So, obviously, there are, it's a spiritual, there's spiritual realms out there. And I think one of the questions was, can you attach it to, a, is it like, a ghost from that house has come back to haunt them. I don't think so. That's no. I mean, I I think we, you we've talked about that. this. You know, I think people in the movies, the ghost movies or whatever shows, it's like people. The people are still there and they haven't crossed over. They haven't gone to the light. You know, kind of thing. Yeah. 
And according to what I read and what I have seen in the scriptures, that's not people that haven't crossed over. No. That's something else. And we know that something else exists. The spiritual world and the realm exist uh, around us. But as far as seeing um, somebody, you know, do you know, I don't know how do you that have, would work. Do you have that scripture where I Paul do. talked about it? Um, to I, mean, I, I stole it from yeah. you last time. Yeah, go ahead. You can take it. <laughs> we are taking I love score. my brother. I do. Do you, Brian? Yes. I'm having a moment. I have okay. to. <laughs> that was a quick moment. That was, that's over now. Uh, we are confident. Says. We are confident, I say, and willing rather to be absent from the body is to be present with the Lord. So in uh, Paul's experience, as soon as he was, was gone from here, he was there. Yeah. And so there wasn't no hanging around. And, and the thief on the cross. Like thief Jesus, on the cross. He, he said, today you will be with me in paradise. So immediately you go from here to there. Yeah, there wasn't any hanging around. Correct. You know, and so but there are these spirits and demons and things happening. Mm -hmm. Tell you this real quick. We got time for this. Brian, sure. I hadn't even told you this. Uh -oh. My whole family. Here we go. Here we go. There's a chair when we were in, in elementary school. Okay. I'd walk in the room. I didn't tell you this because it would freak you out. Now I'm trying to. <laughs> so... We'd walk in the room, and the chair would be rocking by itself. Yeah. Okay. Where was this? Uh, this was when we were, they won't know. You were in elementary school. We both were there. What house was this? It, I don't know. Okay, we'll talk Harddale. about it later. I mean, uh, you know. Oh, Berea. Berea. Okay, there yeah. we go. Elm but Street. what had happened, this is no lie, real quick, my brother, Alan, my older brother, he was yeah. not like us. Okay. Yeah. Uh, he got a hold of a Ouija board. Oh, that's you remember right. that? I do remember. And Mama got all. It was like, oh, I do remember day. playing with then, that. Now mm. I want you to know that I, that rocker, I have it, but I have it in over my garage where I can't see it because I don't want to go near it. But we it need was to Mama's take that rocker. thing out and see what happens. Well, I don't. And we should put it out in front yard. I'm and watch it. Dude, there was this one time where I could have swore <laughs> there was demons in this old little rocking chair, and I picked that thing up, threw it in my neighbor's yard, dude. Oh, I was my. like, get out. It wasn't, what I, it wasn't a person in it. It was a, a spirit yeah. doing something to it. So that's my ghost okay, story. Okay, thank you for telling You're me. You're welcome, Brian. I do think the spirits are there. Yeah. Okay, no. moving on. <laughs> Question number three. <laughs> I love this one. What happens if I give my life to Jesus and then commit murder? Oh, who was that? Come on, come on! You can get there over here. We actually yeah. had somebody in, you know. The How first many wanted to do it? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I they're plotting you. it out. How they're many had children, and you want, and then you know what I'm talking about? Okay. <laughs> Siblings? I sort of heard. Okay. Yeah, I understand Siblings, that yeah. completely. I tried to kill you twice. I know you did. I really did. I mean, no, no okay. we had a lot of questions in this particular area, and so we, we kind of lumped it in this one thing. As pastors, this is one of the most common questions you get asked mm -hmm. as a pastor. Well, what if I give my life to Jesus and then I kill somebody? Um, people love to ask it that way. Um, but another person asked about suicide, like what happens if you've given your life to Jesus and you commit suicide? And, and really, I think what we're talking about is are there different levels of sin? Mm. Not that suicide's a sin, but are there different levels of yeah. sin? Is, is murder and lying, or, or is this a graded system, I guess, is what we're asking? Yeah, okay. is it one limit or one sin or two sins that you lose your salvation? That's what I was asked one time. We're going to go there in a minute, aren't oh, we? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah I think cool. we are. Yeah, that was. I think there's a moral law and mm -hmm. a spiritual law, and all. And I think we get those mixed up. I think we're the ones that's grading sin. I think it's with God. He loves no matter what we've done. He's already sent Jesus Christ to take care of it. So, murder or telling a lie. You know, we is it which? Well, murder you go to, you're going to jail. Telling a lie you probably won't. 
So yeah. if I've accepted Christ, yes, okay, and then uh, you make me mad, and I kill you. Man, this it was this got really, really dark, really fast. <laughs> I'm sorry, is that dark? I, you can tell how I should, our I should use another book. example. But what happens? Do I see? That's where Jason. We got the, the rental. Question. It's the rental. It's yeah. the problem. Yeah. It's the rental because you're going to get mad enough somewhere because you're in the rental. Right. Not this, you, walking in the spirit and God mm -hmm. taking over at some point you're going to do something stupid yeah. because it isn't like Christians do not sin yeah you said the S word I know well that was oh. <laughs> that was my grandma my aunt yeah. yeah we had an aunt that oh this all be good she believed that you know you tell it better that she if she sinned she immediately lose her salvation well she was church of God yeah and, and uh, not, I, I, not saying anything bad I'm just telling you the where she was yeah. and, you, know, you can be Pentecostal or you can just be nothing I don't know what you know so but she's out there and she's trying to tell us that if you say cuss words yeah that you lose your salvation remember yeah. but it was only certain cuss words <laughs> yeah. yeah you had a few you get away with some of them were okay okay the s word was good the s word was okay the a word was good mm -hmm. remember that yeah i remember so, she said that's just an expression oh, i didn't really you know, pretty sure i heard listen, the b word too i think it was that generation because my grandma was the same the, way the she f did word. that at a gas station yeah. she said don't you tell your mama i said that you know but like i know what you mean i mean she was like she didn't know, say that other one the though. f word was completely that was forgiveness yeah Forgiveness. Yeah, oh, I mean, yeah. yeah that's, that's what, what you're talking but she about. She believed that she had said she said any of the other words that were not approving <laughs> words, cuss words, that she would die and go to hell if she hit, she died. So <sighs> that's that's kind of what happened to her. That's you know. So well, it, go, go ahead. ahead. I was just saying, it's interesting how so many of us, when it gets right down to it, we always want to make it about what we do instead of what Jesus has done. Mm, that's good. Yeah. And I, I mean. Well, there's nothing I can do to undo what Jesus has already done. Right. And there's proof scripturally. John 10, um, in there, it talks about how nothing can pluck you from the Father's hand. Nothing. And, Brian, first service, you said it really good. Is there, the question is, is when you sin, is there conviction? Yeah. When there's conviction, then there's a Holy Spirit living in you. When there is no conviction, that's where you need to start going, okay. Yeah, I kind of had a test. Yeah, right. Yeah, drop Here, I'll, 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 I'll talk about that again. It's kind of a test for you. Maybe you've accepted Christ, or you, maybe you didn't, or maybe you just don't know. Uh, but a couple of things we know from, from Scripture that I think will help you kind of make that decision. Uh, John four fifteen. it says, did you, did you confess Christ as Lord? Did you ask Him? Did you confess Him as your Savior? Ask Him in your heart. Did you believe that? That's what John 4.15 says. He also goes on to say, this is another test, second question I'd ask. Are you unhappy or miserable when you are sinning? Does it bother you? Are you convicted? That's what you were saying. Mm -hmm. Are you convicted when you sin? That's a great indicator of maybe I, I have God's spirit within me that's, that's letting me know this is not right. And that wouldn't be a moral law necessarily. You know, that's a different thing. I mean, it's a spiritual thing. And that's a great test for me to know that, you know, I, that I get some type of conviction, you know. Also, it'd be, this is one from John, 1 John 5, 1 through 2. It says, do you love other Christians? That's a hard one for me. Mm. You know, do you love other people? Where, where is your love meter, I guess? Where, how do you love people? You know, I think that's a great sign of, of 
being a Christian. You I, know? I would also wrap up with this is um, salvation. Most of us think it's a one and done kind of like prayer mm-hmm. wise. Oh, yeah. and then I'm good and then move on. I mean, I got saved when I was seven years old. I said the prayer, you know, confess Lord. And I, I meant it. I did. But when I hit a teenager, I went, oh, that's what it means to sin. Oh, and I, I didn't understand. And I, I believe that salvation is this kind of like there's different moments in life where you go, God, I'm convicted by this. And I know I'm saved, but I just I really I want you to be the Lord of my life. And I've had students where they go, I've been baptized before, but I really, I want to restart. And I'm like, I get it. Like, because their salvation when you're 10 years old is completely different from salvation when you're 25 years old, you know. But the truth is that nothing will pluck you from the Father's hand and there's no going back. Because you can't, I like what you said, you can't undo what, what he's already done. I love what you said too, Brian, because... I think for some of us, it's easier for us to love people far from God than it is other Christians. Yeah. And it's because of question number four. Yeah, here we go. If here following go. Jesus is so great, why are so many Christians hypocrites? <laughs> well, now. Boom. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody's looking at me. What does that mean? I don't you, know. had a, you had a great answer for oh, service. Well, That's why. Well, truth. Truth. You ready? Yeah. Uh, we're all hypocrites. What? Uh, we're born that way. We don't, most of us don't ever do what we say we're going to do. And then what happens with a Christian is all of a sudden you put this, I'm a Christian on, and there's a little religious comes with that. And then all of a sudden you're putting yourself in a place where I'm not, I'm this, I'm, I, I don't do that anymore, I don't do that. And the truth is you probably will do it again. And then that's just usually what happens. It's, you know, so it's hard for everybody, okay, well, you say you're a Christian, you do that. Yeah. Because it's amazing that we think Christians do not sin anymore. It's as if we don't do anything wrong anymore. We don't get mad anymore. We do all the same things that non-Christians do. We really do. The problem thing we have is we have a Holy Spirit that lets us know what's going on in the Savior. Mm -hmm. And the rest of that is that most of us are all dealing with the same things all the way through. I said in my message the other week that God could get rid of all the sin in the world. And he does it, and he can do it by getting rid of you and me. <laughs> like, we're the problem with this whole ordeal. And that's why we find in John 3.16, For God so loved the world, loved the people that are the problem, that he would send his one and only son to die for us, so that there's a chance for us hypocrites to make it. Yeah, one last thing. Yeah. Apostle Paul wrote half the New Testament, saw heaven, the whole thing. He, he was the biggest hypocrite of all. And he said it. He said, the things that I should be doing, I do not do. Yep, yep, yep. He said, I don't, I don't do the things I should do. And the things that I need to do, I don't do those. Yep. He said, so, you know, then he, then he says, I am the chief yep. among these sinners. I'm the number one. So would you say there needs to be a, 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 like grace put in there somewhere? <laughs> somewhere because all of us are in the grace same into it now. Uh, yeah, yeah, bringing all that in. We have to get another thing we have to do on that. I love your point, Eddie, that, that you don't have to be a Christian to be a hypocrite. I mean, I could be shopping in Walmart judging the person in their pajamas and slippers. And, I mean, I'm in there, too. And you're too. in the Walmart. I'm in the Walmart, <laughs> yeah. too. Oh, you should. Anyway. Don't look, don't look for me. I'm, I'm camo guy with mask, and it's a mask. <laughs> My daughter hates going with me. Just throwing it out. Got something about a track. Oh, man. This, yeah. So, 
you can't, you can't forget okay, that. Okay, I'll tell this. You want me to tell it? That's all right, I can. Okay, all right. <laughs> but I don't want people to think it's self-serving anyway. So I have somebody who's a server in a restaurant okay. that's very close to me. And um, <laughs> I love it. Let me just tell you. Well, maybe they don't know that's your wife. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Real, real, real life example. <laughs> Listen, if you're a Christian and you go into a restaurant and you leave a tract, a gospel tract, instead of a tip, you're a hypocrite. Mm. And you have no idea what that says to the people far from God that work in that place. It tells them that, and we kind of have a question about this, it tells them that you don't think it's possible to share the love of Jesus without being self-righteous. And I'm just telling you, nothing will hurt your testimony more yeah. uh, than doing that. You'd be better off not leaving anything than leaving a tract and no tip. This is what I would do. I'd leave a big tip and no, no track, because that's how you share the love of Jesus. And do you leave the same tip for good service? That's a great question. Or well, bad now. service? Are you asking me personally? <laughs> sure. Go ahead. I do. It doesn't matter if I get good mm -hmm. service or bad service, I leave a good tip. I agree, because it, it is about showing the love of Jesus. Yes. What better way to do that when you have someone that's treating you bad? I said, that's beautiful. Y'all are so much wonderful people. Up it here. sounds really easy, but it's not. It's not real easy to do. I'm not no, saying it's easy. Yeah. You know, you could leave them a note, get better. How about a hundred dollar bill in a track? Oh, wait, you have a hundred dollar bill? I'll I'll find one. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Brian, you that's exactly. Okay. Right. Let's go to the speed round. Oh, okay. speed round. Speed Number round. one. We were there. Okay. <laughs> what is good for you is not necessarily good for me. That's more, more of a statement than a question. What's good for you is not necessarily good for me. I can follow my own path. I don't have to follow Jesus. What did you say? It's true. Two plus two. <laughs> or was it him that said that? Two plus two, two, plus two, two four. equals four. But to someone else, it could be two plus two equals three. Does that make any sense? No. Truth is not relative. It's four. Right? Truth is truth. That's right. Not your truth and my truth. That. It's truth. So you're saying I can I can do what I want to do? Yes, you can. Yeah, I can. Is that what you're saying? Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't have to follow anybody if I don't want to follow. So okay, but choice? at the end of the day, let's let's go down this road. So right, at the end of the day, let's say that your truth that I, you don't need Jesus to get into heaven. Let's just go that route. At the end of the day, if you're if they're right, then we're good. All of us. Like, we're cool. It's just a let's go hang, right? But if I'm right, we're right, and, and you're wrong, you have everything to lose. And I think there needs to be a, a perspective change on the, tr the true reality yeah. of the truth, if that makes any sense. Yeah, for me, this goes to y'all's messages. I mean, there's three wills. Yeah, yeah. God has one, Satan has one, and you have, you have a free will. Yeah, absolutely. You can choose to do, be whatever you want. Yeah. But ultimately, Jesus is the best solution. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I didn't share this before. I may, this may be a good way to share this. Uh, how many of you ladies out there, y'all scared already? I am. <laughs> um, ladies! You've, you've had a guy uh, pursue you or just constantly text you or call you or show up at work hopefully not just trying to get a date with you constantly 
and you just can't stand him, okay? So what you, oh, I got, a, I got a one right here. We have a tape. And so what you do, you tell them you just want to be friends. Friends. Friend zone. That hurts. Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. But they don't, they still don't leave you alone. I think when I think about God, he's pursuing you and me with everything he has. He gave his life for you and me. And I think he sends us like cards in the mail, like creation or, you know, you look around at what you have today and he's always giving you little hints that I'm, I'm pursuing you, but you have the choice. You have the choice to say, God, I don't, know, I don't want it. I don't need you. You can reject him. And he loves you so much, he's willing to let you do that. That's right. Wow. Because love, can, he, can, he don't want to make you love him. Yeah. You know, he don't want to just be your friend, I guess. He wants you to love him because you choose to love him. That's right. And I think that's when you talk about the free will and the choice. I think sometimes we don't understand how much God loves yeah. us so much that, that that's what he wants for you, you know. Hopefully that I, helps I, you I understand that, it a little bit. Uh, one more question, really okay. practical. What's the best way to read the Bible? Uh, my, I go for Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Gospels, Start there. Yeah, Gospels. Okay, the Gospels. Y'all had some other ones. Was it one of you guys that was telling me this week that you, you have a friend, you know somebody, they just, they just read the yeah. Gospels over and over. They don't. A pastor friend, that's... Like he told me, he said, you need to read once a month, read the Gospels, once a month, over and over, because that's what it is. I mean, it, it paints a beautiful picture of what it, we should be living like. Whenever, whenever I think about this, I always think that it's, a, it's about a relationship. Mm -hmm. it, it, it's about, you know, open lines of communication with, with, with your God. And that's, I think it's really easy to make Bible reading religious. And, and I'm as guilty as the next person. I went through the whole thing where I like read through the Bible every year. And then like the spirit just convicted me and, and said, listen, you're, you're just reading so you could tell people you read through the Bible. <laughs> and, and what the Lord convicted me of is like, when, when I speak to you, you need to stop right there in that passage and camp out for a minute yeah. and, and really listen to me and find out what it is I'm trying to say to you. And um, that's something I've been doing for the last couple of years. And um, I said, that was a big conviction of mine. And that doesn't mean that I won't read through the Bible again at some point. I mean, the Bible app and everything is so great. It's so easy to do. Like, you guys are wondering, what are those books in front of them? Like, These are real books. We were talking earlier about how little we actually hold a real, literal, physical Bible in our hands nowadays. But I love it. Um, because it's all at our fingertips I used to, in other ways. Here's a little fact about me. I, I collect Bibles. So, like, if I'm out of town or something and I go into a bookstore and I see a Bible, I will, I'll take it. It's really good. You pay for it, though, right? I mean, okay. yeah. No, you I said I yeah. take it. So I oh, okay. yeah. We go. Sorry. Okay. Yes. I, I don't steal it. Um, I will say practical, <laughs> some practical things. You mentioned the Bible app, right. version. For those who are like beginners at this, you can, there's uh, plans to read. So if you're having uh, relational issues or you, even with families, your kids, um, you can type that in. Gives you a plan. There's another Eddie. You were talking about for those that do not read. Do not read, I'm, and yeah. they like to listen. Mm -hmm. There's an app called Dwell, and it's a wonderful app that allows you to it has music that goes along with it and, and stuff like that. And it, I, I mean, mean, I would say this too. If if it's if it's something you struggle with, just get a verse a day. Yeah. The 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 Bible app will mm -hmm. send you a verse a yeah. day. Just start there. Pa um, 
Y'all not going to let me share mine, are you? Par are. Uh, what's Proverbs. <laughs> I kept saying Powdersville. That's where we are. Proverbs. <laughs> Proverbs <laughs> is awesome because it's a chapter a day, yeah. and they're, they're short, condensed chapters yeah. for the month. So you, you start whatever today is. Just go to that, that day yeah. and start. It's all about wisdom. I like it. Yeah. The, yeah. the thing is, is what are you doing with what you read? You know, it's well, that's, that's what I was going to share that I learned this from my mother that whatever you're dealing with, I would, I would find that in Scripture, you know, if I'm having doubt or, you know, sickness, whatever. And I always had a verse I would, I would highlight, and this is old school, okay? I would actually write it out, you know, or type it out and, and have it where I could see it every day. Mm -hmm. And for me, that always, it made the, the Scripture become part of me and I can still remember those scriptures still today from many years ago that got me through so many things and I think that's something that's important that you you put it in front of you every day yeah it's great to read the whole Bible and understand the context and understand the gospels but you know making it part of your everyday life in yeah, some so way uh, it's very important to build your faith I think you know all of this is really um about a relationship with Jesus Christ. If you're in the room or if you're watching online, um, our prayer for you is that you find and follow Jesus. And uh, Eddie, we, we talked in the first service, there may be some people here today or watching online that, that maybe haven't come to that point where they've crossed the line and, and, and met Jesus. Maybe you could help them with that. Yeah, that's, you know, Marathon will be 25 years old next year. I feel old when I say that. But the only reason we started was because of people who had given up on church and never been to church. The, the idea is I know that if you meet Jesus Christ, your whole life will change. Yeah. It happens. And so that's why we do what we do. And, and what I was saying earlier, you know, like Brian was saying, this is a very dangerous place. And, and if you don't know for sure that you know Jesus Christ, I mean, once you leave here, there, there's no coming back. And so that's why we're here. We, we wanted you to know that we love you and Jesus Christ loves you and your whole life can change when you meet him. Hmm. And if you've never done that, and you're watching online, if you've never done that or in this room, I like, if you would, just all bow your heads with me. And if you want to accept Jesus Christ, I'll, I'll go slow. Repeat this prayer after me. Jesus, I ask that you come into my life and change me. Make me a new person. I want to follow you. I ask that you forgive me of my sin. Forgive me for not following you sooner. I believe you died for me. I believe you rose from the dead. Thank you for hearing my prayer and changing my life forever. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. If you were encouraged by today's message and made a decision to follow Jesus, be sure to let us know by connecting with us online at MarathonChurch.org. If you haven't already, be sure to rate us and hit subscribe on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you stream your podcasts. To experience more messages, videos, and live gatherings, visit us online at MarathonChurch.org or download the Marathon Church app. Thanks for listening to the Marathon Church Podcast.